women will carry that grief probably with them for longer. When men come in to see me, it's usually to see how they can help their partner move forward past this loss. I'm Chris Lawson. In 2015, I started my journey into the world of IVF. Along the way, there was heartache, pain, wacky diets, loss of faith, and a lot of needles. It's a roller coaster ride at the best of times, and as I sat in the fertility clinic waiting room many times, alone with my thoughts, I realised that men don't talk about fertility much. That's why I decided to start up this podcast, IVF Dad. This is my story, and it features some of the experts we've met along the way, complete with advice, support, and money-saving tips. Episode 9, Loss. You have to have something in the first place in order to lose it. And in a way, that can feel crueler. Every time I found out where Trish was pregnant, or when we had a failed embryo test or pregnancy test, like come back pregnant, I still know where I was, but nothing prepares you for a miscarriage though. None of the lines that you shouldn't be used anyway, such as, well, they're a lot more common than you think, or it's just nature's way of telling you that you're not ready. Well, at least it was early. Nothing prepares you for the fact that when it happens, it hits you like a freight train, or that all the air gets sucked out of the room as you feel elated and positive, and, and then your hopes crash. And again, it's difficult. I, I definitely felt that pain as part of a couple. But then the helplessness is so uneven. You both feel mentally affected, but only one of you is physically affected. Only one of you has your baby passed away inside you, or your embryo without a heartbeat, depending how you see it. Only one of you has to physically deal with the aftermath. And what are you meant to do? Be the supportive one, scream with anger, be helpless, display emotion, Close doors, go to work, tell people, don't tell people. I remember thinking that I should have all the answers and I simply didn't have any of them. And what's more, I felt shame and guilt for not having them. I felt guilt for not being that rock, being supportive. I remember we were in for our 10-week scan. We'd already been in for a six-week scan and two embryos had implanted and... uh, Although two had implanted, only one of them was showing a heartbeat at that stage. But that's still quite common. And actually, it was positive in a way because all of the resources were now being put into that that one embryo. And it looked pretty good. Everything else was absolutely fine on that scan. So we started to hope and and we went into that scan, that 10-week scan with a spring in our stride. we waited in the waiting room, hoping that we wouldn't be waiting for much longer in more ways than one. I'm one of the lovely ladies that every week trap the progress of Trisha's lining and follicles. Now was looking at something else, looking at our embryo. And as usual, every week I shuffled my head down as everyone made small chat before she put the condom on an ultrasound wand and Trish slipped off her underwear. Normally remembering that she had dressed inappropriately in some sort of play suit or jumpsuit or something, which meant everything had to come off. A little distraction every time that we went. 
but this week I'm holding my breath, 10 weeks pregnant. Get past this and we are on the home straight. I'm straining my neck for a better look. I don't want to miss this magical moment. And then we wait for the images to appear on the screen as the lady has a good look around. And the lady is looking and looking and she's magnifying it closer at different angles and we just know there is no heartbeat. No words need to be spoken and I don't actually know who spoke first. And of course, the sonographer wants to get a second opinion. But we already know. So we are ushered out of the sonographer's room and given a consulting room to gather our thoughts. We wait in an office and we hug each other and say nothing. We just hold each other and and all I can visualise is the card that they give you after the transfer with a photo of our two embryos on. We always put it proudly on the mantelpiece or on the fridge door or by the bed and I'm imagining it still there in our home. And we display them all but This one with the two embryos, this one, is priceless. And what is there to say? We're we're ushered in to meet a different doctor whose name I can't remember and I can't even remember what he looks like. And I really hope he is as good as our normal doctors. And where are they? And he is gentle and he is pragmatic and he confirms our worst nightmares, our worst fears. There is no heartbeat. It's a miscarriage or a missed miscarriage as they term it. I'm still not sure why and I don't really care. We are still grappling with this silently, holding on to each other, hands tightly, and he lays out the options of what to do next. Basically, the embryo has to come out naturally, wait for Trish to miscarry effectively, or removed medically, a DNC as it's referred to. Trish decides that she wants to deal with this herself. I'm half listening and I'm thinking... We're about to go on holiday tomorrow. Yes, really. Well, we had planned for it to be a happy scenario. And and one thing you realise about IVF is that it's about windows. Windows of opportunity. Windows where you have time to get on with your normal life. And these windows are small. So if there looks like a gap in the schedule to do something nice and positive and normal, then take it. So now... This was going to be a holiday that was anything other than normal. In the end, we went. In the end, we were back home before anything happened a week later, thankfully. And when it does happen, I'm glad that Trish and I are at home and we can be there in our own privacy, in our own place, and our own pain. And how you want to deal with it is your own personal decision, the two of you. But it is traumatic. There, I've said it. Because it does need to be said, both physically and emotionally, this isn't something that you should just be brushed under the carpet or flushed down the toilet. Which is the greatest insult of all. This is something real and a hope and a dream and a life. We are up in Norwich and I work three minutes from work. I get a call from Trish that it's happening and I'm home in two minutes. Now, I don't want to be alarmist here because miscarriages sadly can be a very common part of the process of IVF and they can be relatively pain-free physically but for Trish it was painful, very painful and I'm embarrassed to say that I went back to work afterwards that feels ridiculous now when I think about it how did I prioritise going back to work over being with Trish 
I think I felt enormous pressure to be at work and helping to sustain us. But really the memory of all my miscarriages from the past came flooding back as well and I just couldn't deal with it in that moment. I just couldn't handle it and I had to get out of there. The irony was, was that I had made sure that I was there for her throughout the whole process and yet I wasn't there for her at this really painful time. There was also a rational side as well. I also didn't want to say that something was wrong with Trish at work as they would have known what was going on or that it was another failed IVF attempt and I couldn't handle that. More unsaid pity and sympathy. So I went back to work, toughed it out as if nothing had happened. I worked from home the next couple of days, not that I did much work. And the pain and numbness is there, but it is important to talk about it because I didn't really talk about it at the time. We told some of our friends and family that we were pregnant and others we hadn't as we were waiting for it to be more certain. So that means there's two types of conversations you then have to have. One where you're trying to let them down gently. I'm sorry, I've got some bad news. And the other way you go, unfortunately, this round didn't work as well. So we're just taking some time, Trish and I myself. But thanks for inquiring. I'm sorry, it's like I'm apologising or something. Or unfortunately, well, that doesn't do anything to describe the pain. Neither describe the emotion you can feel. And it's still difficult to put it into words as it takes time to come out. Sometimes it takes years to come out, but you do need to let it out. And our family and friend Bubble was sad and sympathetic as I did those phone calls and texts. And I'm thinking, poor Trish and my poor mum who hides her pain for me and Trish and not being a grandmother so well. I mean, she is a strong, strong character. And I know she desperately wants to see us happy. And I occasionally think about poor me as well. And this isn't the first miscarriage for me, and I carry them all around. Each one is a heavier weight, and each one is an indelible memory. But there is a counter to all of this as well. Whatever pain you feel, it is important to keep moving on, looking and looking for that ray of sunshine. There is light somewhere, and there are positives. We got pregnant. We have to celebrate that. The embryos implanted, we hadn't managed to achieve that before. And if it happened once, it can happen again. And we've learned something new about ourselves and we are closer as a couple as a result of it. There is a pragmatic side as well to moving on. We have a life that still needs living. A lot of people have children that still need caring for and have to go through miscarriages as well. And we have a relationship that needs supporting and nurturing. There is also reality that if we want a baby, then this traumatic time is just something we're gonna have to learn to deal with, as miscarriages, sadly, are a common part of it. But it is important to grieve. This is a loss and, and it is important to remember. Trish bought plants for each of our embryos so we could remember them. You should see our garden now, it's pretty full. Okay, enough emotion for a bit. Let's pause and get some facts, and then we can talk to some of the doctors about this in a bit more detail. Depending which stat you use or find, between one in four or one in six pregnancies end in a miscarriage. 
with about 75% of those coming in the first trimester. For IVF, depending on your age group, the risk increases and it is quite considerably higher if you're over 40. According to pregnancy research organisation Tommy's, and a brilliant charity, one in five UK women who miscarry have anxiety levels similar to people using psychiatric outpatient services. And another study suggested that four in 10 women who miscarry suffer from post-traumatic stress as a result. And it is worth checking out, Tommy, they've got some excellent resources to help you through this. Recurrent miscarriages, three or more miscarriages in a row, and one in a hundred women experience recurrent miscarriages. But more than six out of 10 women who have a recurrent miscarriage go on to have a successful pregnancy, which is absolutely fantastic news. So as I mentioned, what unfortunately ended in miscarriage for us actually started out as a twin pregnancy. Now, if you remember, that can happen when two blastocysts are transferred back in rather than one. I spoke to our consultant, Alison Taylor, about what happened. Both of those embryos did begin to implant, but unfortunately ended as a miscarriage, which was really heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's still still now. Yeah. And I still remember you know, one of the, the loveliest things about the embryo transfer day is being given the picture of of your embryo and mm. and the fact that that had two embryos on i mm. think we've got we've got all of the pictures but mm. but that one in a way is is the most special yeah. because that was the one that did implant did give us a mm. pregnancy test and and then one went and then the other one went and that's mm. a that was a heartbreaking time yeah, yeah. and it, it's just enormously difficult soul destroying sometimes isn't it when nature is incredibly cruel and miscarriage is so common particularly once women are in their 40s and it's not more common after IVF than it is after conceiving naturally but it just feels an even bigger body blow when you've gone to all those lengths to get pregnant in the first place and I think the other thing that sort of struck me about that time is it really doesn't matter where you are in that cycle as soon as you consider that your embryo, your baby, as soon mm. as you've got that attachment, you know, it's it's heartbreaking. But how, how does it feel from your perspective? Because I suppose in a way you, you have to see a lot of couples that do have a lot of miscarriages. I just feel enormously for them. I know it must be absolutely heartbreaking. So you're trying to gently support them and, and show that, you understand it's really difficult and really challenging for them. But the honest answer is, you know, I go home sometimes and I am really gutted for for people that I've seen and got to know. And you so want them to have that wonderful outcome. And it just feels cruel, actually, that they've gone through all of that emotional investment, massive financial investment, all that hope, and then crashing down and suddenly right back to square one again yeah and it's also it's it's one of those journeys where it doesn't really matter how far you've got in the journey until you get to that end point there was a reassurance to us we thought you know what actually our embryos can implant Mm. and that was a that was a massive moment because no one could take that away from us then we knew that that was possible and that's important actually the fact that there's been pregnancy and implantation at all 
is positive. Zoe Townsend was one of the counsellors at Ballista Hospital and as part of her fertility treatment we were offered access to counselling. The importance of talking through what is basically a really traumatic part of your life is massive and the counsellors are often the first point of call at this time of loss when you are trying to work out what the hell you do next. You know, any miscarriage is tragic. When somebody has been through multiple rounds of treatment, or even one round of treatment, and you know that they have pinned all of their hopes on this, and then it hasn't worked, it's terribly sad. And obviously we offer support to a lot of people that have experienced this. And you just have to, I suppose, bear witness to their sadness. You have to support them and accompany them as they move forward through their grief, because it is grief. And you have Mm. to acknowledge and allow people to grieve the loss of the baby, firstly. Secondly, the fantasy of the life that they were going to live with this baby. Mm. So it's very, very important that we support people through that and that they allow us to be with them. When I sort of went through it and you realise that there's an increased chance of the miscarriage because of Mm. our age, let alone if we're just putting the embryos back in without having any DNA testing. And and you're looking at that and and you still don't really believe it, quite frankly. You think mm. it's just gonna it's just gonna happen. And you think you're gonna be the lucky one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that men and women deal with that differently? Often my experience has been women will carry that grief probably with them the longer. Obviously, I'm generalizing because I'm just talking about the people that I've seen. But the women that come in and see me, they are looking for ways to get over that loss and to manage that grief. When men come in to see me, it's usually to see how they can help their partner move forward past this loss. It tends to be less so about themselves. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I think there is a bit where you think, right, my role at this point in time, and it's actually quite convenient, is to support mm. my partner. And and it's a, actually a, a relatively welcome distraction, to be honest. Mm. And I think there, there can be a danger where you forget about your own emotions mm. at that point. It's really important that you allow yourself that role If that role is important to you, that you are that support, that ballast for your partner, but you too have lost something, you too have been through something, you might not have been having the scans, you might not have had to go in and have the blood tests, but you carried that hope and you carried that joy. And so it's really important that you look at what you're feeling, acknowledge Mm. it. And and the other reality, I suppose, is that There isn't anything else that you can do apart from move on. I I would say is the comment that's made to me most frequently is, could I have done something differently? What should I do now? And actually, Mm. it's very hard to say to somebody, you have to sit with this and you have to get through it. Because people fall into different camps. Typically, they want to get on and organize another round of treatment or they want to organize something so that they don't feel that they're sitting still because if you sit still what are you doing you're sitting with your pain aren't you and you're lost Mm, mm. but actually it's important you spend some time with that loss so that you can move forward 
cleanly, if you like, and successfully, because you have given that the time and attention that it warranted. And do you encourage people to sort of mark the loss as well? You know, I've suggested to people, look for ways to help you through this. There isn't any right or wrong way. So if it's somebody that might want to go and plant something in their garden, if it's somebody that might want to write a letter to their child that they lost, if that is going to help you in your grieving process, if that's going to help you move forward because you feel like you're putting a line under this point, then absolutely you should do that. But equally, if you feel uncomfortable doing those things, you don't have to do them. It's odd because I think with treatment, you are so held in a hospital in any setting. You're there, everybody knows you, they get to know your name, they get to know things about you. You have this quite intimate relationship and then all of a sudden when you lose a child, that's gone because there's no reason for you to be there anymore. And so it's almost like that existence has completely disappeared. And I think it would be helpful for you to be given some guidance or advice going through that so you don't Mm. feel quite so adrift. And then you've got to dust yourself down in a way. And I think that idea of having that positive mindset, trying to sustain hope, is is something that we we found wasn't like a straight line. This is more like a roller coaster. Mm. What's your advice to couples that are going through that roller coaster to Try and, try and keep going and keep getting through it. I would say, firstly, don't make any rash decisions initially when you're in this. Acknowledge that you feel differently every day. Perhaps if you wanted to keep a journal, you wanted to write something down so that you could look back and see, look, I had a bad day last week and then I had three brilliant days. So I know this isn't going to last forever. What you're going through is it's, a series of fluctuations, isn't it? Mm. Because you are some days very, very down, bordering on depressed. Some people become depressed during treatment, certainly if treatment has failed. You then will have to, as you say, dig deep and work out what you want to do for the future. Do you want a family? If you want a family, how are you going to get that family? Are you going to go back into treatment? Are you going to look for alternatives? That requires some real strength. So I do think you need to be kind to yourself, but also know that, well, if you're moving forward, this is your choice and you're going to have to be strong about it. So what did I learn? Well, you can feel equal amounts of pain as a man. It doesn't matter who carries the baby. And it helped Trish to know that I was vulnerable and her. It didn't help her to think I was rock hard and could power through this. And it doesn't matter if you miscarry in three weeks, 10 weeks, five months. The moment you start caring about your embryo, your baby, your hope, the moment it hurts. So don't feel, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this because it was before six weeks or anything like that. And my heart goes out to anyone, whether it's longer, and you think that you have passed all the other hurdles. There is no easy way for the miscarriage to pass either medically or naturally. As even if there is not a physical pain, there is a mental side that you need to get through. So be prepared, do your research and hope for the best, but also be prepared that actually this may happen. 
and give yourself time to grieve and let the body and mind recover. And loss doesn't happen on a timetable set out on a book or a podcast. And that timetable is going to be different for both you and your partner. So be resilient. Although I really didn't want to see another miscarriage, I also knew that the end result would be worth it. And therefore we had to change our mindset to think about miscarriages in a different way. But only you know when enough is enough. So work out practically how you're going to move on with your life. And it's also important to remember, for some people, for females, it's physically painful and for some it isn't. But hormone levels swing dramatically at this time as well. And remember, we treasure all of the pictures of all the embryos in our journey, but the two embryos side by side on that postcard, they're very, very precious to us. Thank you for listening. This has been IVF Dad. I started this podcast to provide support during the lonely fertility journey and ensure others didn't suffer in silence. So please do share it with anyone it can help. Log on to IVFDad.com. I would love to hear from you and hear your stories. For future episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, etc. Follow us on Insta and Twitter at IVFDadPodcast. And on the website, check out the email and the show notes. There's some great links, advice and money-saving tips. Stay healthy, stay positive and remember, it only takes one.